This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Lucas. My name is Christian. And I'm Liam, here with another podcast that just talks about movies. Today we are sponsored by Pagan Cults. They really, really want to get the word out, but also, you know, keep it on the down low. Yeah, keep it on the down low. Don't, don't, tell, don't tell your mom, but you know, tell, your, tell your friends. Yeah. Spread the word, but quiet. Bring them yeah, to a exactly. festival. Yeah, exactly. Inv- <laughs> invite them out. And we are coming live from Sweden. We are in Sweden. It's the entire country. We, we are in Sweden. We are in Sweden. <laughs> we don't Somewhat. know what the capital is, but we are in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize to all Swedish people who listen to this podcast. I, I think there, we, we get a few Swedish fans, and they're cool people, yeah. aside from the whole um, capturing people and killing them thing. <laughs> well, they didn't have to do Which we're going to capture them. That's true. What is, is it Helsinki or is that Finland? Uh, what that, that, the capital of Sweden? Now, now I need to know. Yeah, Lucas is gonna look this up. Um, uh, we're gonna do this episode is about Midsummer because Stockholm. Yeah, Stock, Stockholm Midsummer. Midsummer Stockholm. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about Midsummer because uh, Lucas has finally seen it. Yeah, which means we can actually talk about this at great length. So, yes. spoilers. Spoilers for the whole thing. We're gonna yeah straight up say it. This is spoiler. This is not a spoiler uh, free cast. This is spoiler heavy. Um, we're gonna talk about the the movie uh, from from start to finish, I think. Yeah. But uh, do you have anything that you've seen recently? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I I saw a Broadway show. Did you really? Yeah. Did you oh. act, you physically went yeah. to Broadway. Not not. It's oh. a Broadway show, but it was in Calgary. It's oh, not oh, in. Okay. Not. I didn't go. I didn't fly to New York just to see a Broadway yeah. show. I wouldn't put it past you. Why? Why <laughs> is it when you go to Broadway, it's such a confined space? <laughs> Well, you, you told that joke two episodes ago. Get, new, get new material in. Come on, talk. Hey. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. Uh, yeah. All right, <laughs> that's an echo back to uh, her. Hey. hey, but I went to see the show uh, Waitress. Sarah Bareilles did the music for it. Uh, I had a ton of fun. Just it definitely was not a, a show that was targeted towards my demographic. Yeah, uh, it was. It was it's hundred percent a rom com. What tar- is your demographic? Targeted. Uh, I don't really know, but uh, it's it's not uh, it's not thirty uh, something women, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what this show's directed towards. Fair enough. <laughs> but it's really it's really fun. I went to it was at the Jubilee, yeah, and I was in the literally the very back row, <laughs> like at the very top, yeah, in the very uh, yeah, in yeah. the second balcony, uh, literally the last, like the very back. I was at the center, which is cool. Yeah. But you can actually rent little binoculars that you can watch the show through. Did you? No, uh, I didn't have any money. <laughs> showed up there in like this nice suit, sat up in the top corner yeah. with those. I was worried I was going to be underdressed because I don't know how people dress when they go to Broadway. Were you underdressed? Uh, for some, in in the second balcony, no. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you're also among a guy who went to the Moulin Rouge for dinner and a show wearing just torn jeans and a Clash T-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, Liam also almost got robbed that night too. Oh shit! Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's my business. I've, I've never been to like a to like a Broadway show like that, like a like an actual professional theater production. Yeah, uh, I've been to a professional theater production, but not musicals. Not a musical like yeah, that. Not yeah, not not like a Broadway musical. And it was it was a lot of fun. That you are you were you familiar with the work ahead of time? No, no, no. I, I went in completely blind. No, right on. Yeah. Why? Because uh, I'd listen I listen to a lot of uh, original cast recordings, and just because I know I'm never really going to be able to see the show. So when I had a chance to actually, actually see a show, I wanted to see it first and then listen to the cast recording. Right. But yeah. Are, do, are you listening to it now? Or? I've listened to it since. And it's not something I'm really going to go back to too much. Fair enough. But seeing the show was a lot of fun. Yeah. Anything else? I listened to a podcast called Noble Blood. It's a, it's a um, kind of a history podcast hosted by Dana Schwartz. And uh, it's, it's all about um, terrible things that happen, happen to nobles, essentially. And... Oh man, some fucked up shit happens in the past. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could believe it. I could yeah, believe like, it. Yeah. The first episode was about Marie Curie, and at one point, her like uh, one of her ladies in waiting was executed during the during the revolution. Uh, and what the the people did is they took the head to a barber, 
and like had him do the hair and makeup on the head then put it on a stick and held it up to Marie Curie's, uh, or, or no, Marie Antoinette, my mistake. Marie oh, okay. a scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marie Antoinette's like window and demanded that she kiss it. That's super fucked up. Right? Yeah, it's messed up. hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that they would do at a Midsummer festival. It is. I also saw Midsummer. <laughs> yes. Which we're going to spend, not spend the entire episode talking yeah, about. Yeah, probably five Unless hours. you guys have something you want to talk about. Um, I tried to watch Noel. Um, I forgot oh, yeah. to mention that on the last episode. Yeah, tried to watch Noel. Uh, don't do it. Mm. Um, it's really bad. <laughs> uh, Anna Kendrick is very uh, quirky and cute. Uh, but maybe she should just stop. But, <laughs> but Anna Kendrick's so pretty. But should maybe she should stop now? Like we we get it. You 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 you're not. You can't age. You're immortal. Um, you can sing. Go go to a different planet and entertain them there. Like we, we we've had enough of you, Anna. I could say the same things about a few people, but in order to avoid conflict, I will not bring them up. <laughs> Liam used to have a crush on Hayden Panettiere. We met her once, and it was really awkward. There we go. Boom. Wow, roasted. Liam, what have you seen? <laughs> um, so, for some reason, I don't know why, I decided to rewatch a movie from my childhood, but I remember liking. But as I got older, I knew that I would not like it if I watched it again. And that movie, favorite of Lucas's, Dragonheart. Oh man, I fucking love Dragon. It's terrible, but I love it. Uh, oh man, uh, I just got so excited. I fucking love Dragonheart. No, it's it's yeah. not good though. It's I, not. I don't know why, but I decided to watch it. The effects have not aged very well. Oh no, so not at all. A lot of the acting is kind of awkward. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I, I love Dennis Quaid. Dennis he's Quaid. terrible, but yeah. I love him. I don't do, know why. You don't do, think he's do, a good do actor. Know, I mean, you, he's he's good sometimes, but most of the time he's not very good. Do you know what a Bacon number is? No. It's like how many people away from uh, Kevin Bacon you are. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I googled uh, the Bacon number between Dennis Quaid and Kevin Costner, and it was one. And I was like, I was like, what? Oh, oh right. Uh, uh, what's that? That uh, Western movie? Um, uh, Doc. Uh, Tombstone. Tombstone. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, they were both in Tombstone. <laughs> no, he wasn't in Tombstone. Well, they were in some no, fucking they were in uh, the, the shittier version of Tombstone. Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp. By That's Lawrence what Kasdan. Wyatt Earp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's also funny they were both in that, given Dennis Quaid has often been called the poor man's Kevin Costner. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. I've always heard him as the poor man's Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, that too. He works at oh. both, really. But, like, uh, I don't know, I watched it, and, like, there's still a little bit of charm I have just from liking oh, it as yeah. a kid. Yeah, um, Sean Connery as a dragon is just perfect. I can't believe um, it. You also have uh, Lupin from Harry Potter before yep. he mm-hmm. kind of yep, got yep, that. Yep. Jason Isaacs is also very strangely enough. Yep. Yeah, also yep. from Harry Potter, right? Yep, yeah. uh, among a number of other things. Yeah, um, including Harry the Potter. Patriot. Yeah. Yep. And, but it, uh, it does not fit, right? Yeah. It does not fit in that movie. I, <laughs> um, I also, um, I think the biggest thing I will ever give, I will never hold against that movie is the music. Like, the score in the last couple of minutes is actually, could very well be, uh, there's one track called To the Stars that's actually probably one of my favorite, uh, movie scores of all time. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I remember that track specifically, yeah. It's, it's very good. Is it like, To the Stars? No. Riding my dragon <laughs> No, no, this is stars. not, this is not Monty Python. Oh, okay. <laughs> the sequels are all awful. I've, there's more than one of there's, those. There's three. There's a lot directed DVD Why? sequels. Yeah, one of them. One of them came out like two years ago. What the fuck? Yeah. Why? I don't. I didn't really watch it. I but, like turned it on, and I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, why does that exist? Sean Connery was the last one. Yeah. <laughs> I am the last. He's yeah. the only dragon that exists ever. Yeah, uh, well, it's because Dennis Quaid killed killed all the others. Ah, right. Yeah. yeah. And then they they become best friends, right? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. But then Dennis Quaid has to kill him. Spoilers for Dragonheart. Oh, uh-huh, shit. Does he fuck his head? No. <laughs> his dead well, it's cause, corpse? Because it's, it's so stupid because, like, the dragon gives, like, the, the prince half of his heart. And so, like, he can't, like, this prince can't die as long as the dragon is alive because he has half the dragon heart. So he has to kill the dragon to kill the prince. Mm. Mm, yeah, it's, what a movie! It's yeah, it's it's super dumb, <laughs> and I love it so much. Oh jeez. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's what we've seen. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. really have much. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure when at by the time that you've heard this episode, uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker has come out, so we've already done an episode on that. So, yeah. um, you will have heard our opinions on that. Yeah. Previous to this, what do you think you're gonna think about it? Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a good, I, I think I'm gonna really like it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to get my hopes too high, but I think I'm going to like it. I think I'm going to like it, not love it. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think yeah. I think I'm gonna like it fine, but I would have liked it. But I will have liked it a lot more if J.J. Uh, Abrams didn't direct it. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of agree. Um, anyway, okay, let's get into the thick of this. So midsummer, y- midsummer. Uh, so Liam and I have seen this. Uh, I've seen it several times now. Uh, Liam, you've seen it once, uh, and Lucas, you've also only seen it once. And Correct. I've also seen a few scenes multiple times now just from hanging out with Christian too much. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, I want to, because so you know how we feel about it. Yep. I want to know how you feel about it. All right. Uh, when we when you first mentioned that you'd seen it, you said you'd think, you thought that I would hate it. Yeah. Uh, you were more or less correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because, well, I have complicated feelings about it because... I had a very bad time watching it. Yeah. I did not enjoy watching it. I also think it's brilliant. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've probably seen that, that AMA with Ari Aster where somebody asks him, he's like, hey, man, are you okay? And he just writes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's his response. That guy is something else. Yeah. It's yeah. funny when you hear him talk about the movie, too, because he's, he's he has his opinions on what it's about, and then he, he ends it with, but you know that's just how I feel. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, fair enough. But, it's kind of it's kind of about a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So so, um, let's let's go from from the beginning of the film. So right. our, our our opening scene with uh, with uh, Danny's parents in in the in the bedroom there, mm-hmm. right? And then moving forward into when Danny is is trying to call Christian and uh, and she she's crying and she's upset because her sister. Um, is refusing to accept her emails or phone calls or whatnot. Mm-hmm. That then leads to uh, Christian um, at the pizza place with his friends after this, not ter- totally important, but kind of sets up a little bit in the movie, when Danny calls Christian and she says, like, oh, what are you doing? And, Mar- and Christian's like, oh, you know, I just, like, smoke some resin with uh, with Mark, and we're about to go get pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, so this movie is going to have drugs in it. All right, oh, yeah. Right? So many drugs. Lots of drugs. There are a lot of drugs in that movie <laughs> but but when danny is is holding back her tears and she's crying and you can definitely hear it in her voice but christian is oblivious and just a fucking douchebag <laughs> and then we get to the pizza place and we see we see christian with his friends uh, uh pele uh josh and mark um pele will become a very important character as this movie goes on um, yes ex- you will they had an extremely <laughs> important character um uh, actually, well, all of them, Josh, Mark as well, but uh, Pele mo- most importantly. But uh, they're they're all trying to. Convi- I think you're pronouncing Chidi wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, William Jackson Harper plays a character named Josh Lucas. Let's yeah. get that. Let's get hammer Chidi out of us. Okay, no, Chidi. Yeah. He's, he's Chidi. All right, we'll say Chidi moving forward. <laughs> At one point, he says unethical, and I'm like, oh, it's Chidi. That's true. He does. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, Mark refuses to let Christian out of the booth. Um, to go answer this phone call from from Danny, mm-hmm. and eventually uh, Josh and Pele let him walk out of the booth, and he picks up the phone, and Danny is fucking howling. Mm-hmm. She has completely lost her mind, and the reasoning behind that is because her sister has not only killed herself, but has also killed her mother and father. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that it's haunting. It's, it was something. It's something else. So, so that already sets up the idea and uh, of of loss in this movie of of a loss of not only of, of yourself but of of your family of of everything that you're familiar with and and maybe trying to find something else that can fill that. Void. It, it's 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 a loss that that sets up Danny's basically whole arc of how her she loses her place in the world. Like she she just she's alone. She has nothing. The only, no, thing the, only like, thing, she, the only thing she has is Christian. And, yeah. and he doesn't even seem to want her anymore. No. No, well, they're just in a, they're just says a, it. Yeah, they're, they're in a bad I mean, relationship. From her, from her perspective, it's like he doesn't even seem to want me anymore. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and he and, doesn't. He's, yeah. He like, straight up says that like he's been wanting out of the relationship for, relationship for like a year. Yeah, and then the only thing that keeps him around is the fact that Danny's family is dead. You know? Yeah. And then they go to a. Uh, I could tell you this movie inside. No, I got it beat for beat. <laughs> but they they go. They then go to. Uh, it, it flash forwards a little bit. Um, there, there's an, the opening scene there, where not opening scene, but the opening credits when uh, Danny and Christian are sitting on the couch, and Christian's just kind of like like shocked, and he's got that look on his face. His eyes are open, and he's he's patting Danny on the head as she howls. Which um, you haven't seen Hereditary yet, have you? No. Okay, there is a scene that mimics that very, very closely in Hereditary. In Hereditary, it happens about 35, 40 minutes into the movie 
while in Midsummer, the uh, Ari Aster's just like, nah, fuck it, let's do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Completely destroys this character. And uh, I love when the camera goes out and then into the window and the music's like, and then you see like everything all flash on the screen and then, you know, the snow fades away. Spring has come, you yeah. know, Midsummer Festival is, is about to come, go down. Uh, Danny uh, decides to go to this party with Christian where Pele, Josh and Mark are deciding are speaking to another one of their mutual friends about how they're going to go to Sweden. Um, to um, help Josh with his with his uh, his uh, philosophy studies uh, or his uh, no uh, his, uh, anthropology anthropology mm -hmm. uh, yeah um, and they're gonna go over there and, and uh, explore the midsummer festivals yeah, and even Ben it's like their his attitude their attitude going there is almost like yeah this is for a project but it's also just about like going to almost like a rave or like uh, yeah well Josh Josh has good intention Mark yeah. wants to go slay some Swedish pussy as he says <laughs> um. And then Pele, it's his home. That's where Pele is from. So he's going to bring these people to to his home um, as a, as an invitation, as a, as an open, you know, share of the culture. And I was going to say that, like, just the whole setup of them going there, like outside of uh, uh, Pele and um, and uh, Josh, is like a commentary on how like uh, some people will go to, uh, like, at least Westerners will go to like more exotic places or whatnot. Right. Just especially, especially after something that's so traumatic, yeah. right? Just as, as a form of escape. Yeah, and um, just like, and even just like, some people just go to an exotic place just because they want to get fucked up or they want to yeah. just be with somebody exotic. Yeah, exactly. And and so anyway, in that scene, Danny um, hears for the first time that this is what the plan is. This is supposed to happen two weeks from when yeah. they hear she hears about it. And so uh, her and Christian go back to her apartment, and she and that's when Christian gaslights the shit out of her, more or less. Yeah, yeah and basically makes it her fault that she's mad. Um, and basically is saying to her, you know, um, you made a big deal out of this. You, you like, uh, I was just thinking about it. I don't know. And then buckles and well, in the director's cut, he buckles and says, uh, like, I was going to invite you. That's not in the theatrical cut and the theatrical mm -hmm. cut. You get basically a, a cut slam cuts to, um, um, them in, uh, Christian's apartment. All right. I was, what, which one did I see? You, you saw the theatrical cut. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I, uh, the director's cut is not available. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so so we get, we cut to this scene where uh, Pele, uh, uh, Mark, Josh, and uh, and Christian are sitting around studying or whatever. There's a bong on the table, and 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 uh, the rest of the scene takes place from this one perspective. Well, two essentially two or three perspectives, but in this one shot, you have the mirrored image of Danny and Christian standing in the mirror, looking at the other three, right? And and what I see from that is that you know there's a lot of uh, um, of of their emotions being reflected in each other, but being misconstrued because of the way that the, the way that Danny is positioned in that in that framing, she's much lower, uh, she's much shorter than than Christian, and just also it shows like that whole disconnect between like all of them and whatnot. Exactly, which I've, yeah. which is a very clever. Uh, uh, was a directing and uh, cinematography move on the part of Ari Aster and whoever his cinematographer was. Yeah, his yeah. And, and this scene specifically kind of uh, is one of the best examples of uh, what something I found interesting about the movie, and that's uh, the acting. The acting is very, very, for lack of a better term, real. Yeah, very yeah, like totally. it, very raw. That's that's a better way of putting it. Liam's better at words than I am. It's <laughs> uh, funny because you read more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very raw. It's very like authentic feeling. Like even and and not in uh, it's in sort of an awkward way. Like almost every interaction in the movie is pretty awkward. Yeah, yeah. But like in, intentionally and like cuz most interactions humans have with each other is pretty awkward. Yeah, At least I, in my experience. Yeah, yeah, reasonable. That, but. Um no, and 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 I'm part of that too is is the way that Danny feels like she's imposing herself onto that situation. Mm -hmm. uh, she doesn't feel like she's invited and the only person that that even wants her there is Pele. Yeah. Know? Even Christian doesn't fucking want her to come. Yeah. Right? Um and then there's that great transition scene which Ari Aster is kind of slowly becoming a a, a master of. Um, when Danny walks into the bathroom and the camera goes over top and it flips around and then suddenly they're in the airplane. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that's a great shot. I dude. remember looking at you while we were watching. I was like, that was really cool. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. fucking neat. Um, but anyway, so they they, they get to Sweden um, and they arrive and uh, I'm obviously you know paraphrasing a lot of a lot of stuff that happens here, but they arrive in Sweden and uh, um, Mark in in an extended scene from the director's cut when they're driving through. 
uh, Sweden there, uh, Mark just keeps go like talking about how hot all the women are and how he's just like, he, he says something about Hitler. It's really <laughs> weird. Uh, but anyway, what you get from the theatrical cut is good enough. But uh, basically, they land and they they arrive in a field that's that's a short walk, um, a, a night's stay, um, and then a walk away from Pele's village. Um, and in that scene, um, they all decide to do mushrooms, except for Danny at first, who says, "I do not want to do this. I want to settle. I want to find my feet first. And Christian's just like, "Okay, fine. I won't do them until you do them," which inadvertently pressures that woman intensely to do mm -hmm. something she does not want to do. Yeah, because, like, Christian is being pressured by Mark, thus putting pressure on Danny. Right, exactly. And then they're all kind of being pressured by the this, this social norm of, of what's happening around them. Everyone's yeah. on drugs right now, Yeah, right? So they do mushrooms, and Danny freaks the fuck out. She has a complete mental breakdown. There's one line that instigates it where... Well, Mark is tripping balls and he lies down on the ground and he's just like, everybody lie down. Everybody lie down with me. Why is no one lying down with me? And then he says, out of nowhere, he says, you guys are my family. And yeah. then as soon as Danny hears family, she stands up and beelines it out of there. Just yeah. gets the fuck out of there. So we already know that Danny is obviously our main character, right? We're going to follow her for the rest of the film. I mean, you should have mm -hmm. known that from the, from the get go. But this, some of Ari Aster's films don't really show you who is who. I mean, his his one other feature film doesn't really show who you're going to be following. He um, also really likes posters of women in distress on the fr on the very in the very center frame. <laughs> <laughs> yes, boy, does he ever. Um, anyway, so the so as this carries on, we 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 get Danny's kind of solidifying a little bit more of her fear, and and her her anxiety, especially when she goes into that. Uh, um, uh, uh, restroom that's outhouse and she, mm -hmm. if you look closely you see in the background and uh, it flashes an image of her sister with the breathing mask on her yeah face. i didn't see that when i watched it but uh i saw it online someone pointed that out yeah and that was eerie so at this point in the film i know liam you were starting to maybe feel like not uncomfortable but i remember when we were watching it you you were kind you were definitely inquisitive and you were you were curious of where where all of this was going to lead to is it, am I am I hit, kind of hitting yeah, that on was, the head there? Yeah, I think that's pretty close to how I was feeling. Yeah. Like, I was kind of at a point where I'm like, okay, I'm getting into this, I'm getting into this, but it hadn't, like, fully grabbed me yet. Um, I feel like once they got to the village or whatnot, and I got to see, like, uh, the commune and, like, uh, their whole, uh, and the whole village or whatnot, that's when I really started to become intrigued. And, like, just with the way Ari Aster would position the camera, like, there's that one great shot where they're walking along, where they're kind of walking alongside of, like, this painting. That pretty much uh, yeah, that tells the entire plot. Of yeah, the that movie. pretty much foreshadows everything. Yeah, I mean, like I had a thing watching where I'm like, okay, I have a feeling this is very important, and then the way it comes out in the end, I'm like, oh, oh, I see. Okay. To be, to be fair, that's also not our main characters that follow along with that. I'm just saying, I just, I just know a lot. Of, I know a lot about this movie. <laughs> it's Connie see, and Simon. I kind of had uh, the opposite experience when they got to the commune. That's when it started to lose me. Really? really? Yeah, because like I was, I was, I was into like the, the human drama of it. And that obviously continues throughout the movie, but it, it felt so raw and real. And then all the all the all the commune stuff started to feel very out there. And it, it to, in my brain, it, they didn't quite mesh. They felt like two separate things that were trying to come together but couldn't properly. Right. Do, do, but my my excuse for that is when they walk through the threshold and walk into the into the the, the commune or the the town there. I feel like when once they walk underneath that yellow threshold, mm. you're you're in a different movie. Yeah, you're you're in yeah. a completely different movie. For, they, I'm just saying personally for me that didn't work. That's fair. Yeah, I, I I do I do see what everything leading up to that point is like the prologue, and then everything mm -hmm. you get inside of that village is the movie, right? So once we we get into the village, then we walk like Liam was saying, we walk past the uh, the 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 topiary that explains literally the whole movie <laughs> yeah um if you have not seen midsummer do not watch this but that will tell you the entire fucking movie <laughs> and then there's a great line where <laughs> they walk past a bear in a cage and they say yeah. uh, they say what's up with the bear and, they, and then the guy just says oh it's just a bear yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's a bear yeah it's a I what, mean, what, what else do you want kind of take me out because i'd be like no i'd be at sorry, sorry that did kind of take me out at first because i was like 
Okay, well, Matt, you're just going to accept I'm like, I would be wanting to know, what the fuck is this bear doing yeah, here? It's uh, it's uh, not Asimov. What's his name? Uh, Chekhov. It's Chekhov's bear, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chekhov's bear. We, we, we come full circle with that. But anyway, so th- this is roughly around the time in the movie where we um, get to know who everybody kind of is. Um, like, we, I mean, we've kind of established who they are at this point, obviously. But Pele, you suddenly see a different side of him. He's a little bit more open and, and, and expressive of his feelings and his emotions, and he's a lot more with his family because, I mean, you would be if you were with, around people that you love. Uh, Mark um, starts vaping a lot. <laughs> he's really fucking pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we, we kind of go down this route um, for a little while until we get to um, the, the, first di- the first dinner, the first, uh, the first meal. Um, when everybody sits down, and Danny, you can see, is is looking around and seeing the the the, the love of everybody around her. I think I believe it's in this scene where, um, oh no, maybe it's a later scene, but there is a scene in the movie where uh, Danny is speaking to one of the the um, Haggins, I believe is what they're called, and uh, she has a baby, and and Danny's interacting with the baby, and you can just kind of see a little spark in her, kind of inspire her to be like. Okay, maybe I have found something that mm-hmm. feels right. So I want to take a, a a break from the plot summary of Midsummer and ask you guys what are outstanding themes at this point in the movie that 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 you were um that you could you know express like what 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 are the the themes that that you feel I see at this point in the film I see a lot of themes in simple terms as a fall and then rise again almost like a rebirth. Like, uh, not, uh, physical, not, like, literally, obviously, but, like, an emotional rebirth. Um, mm-hmm. like, uh, just dealing with grief and loss. And, uh, just the whole, um, um, again, I also noticed a lot of stuff about, like, how Westerners will go to, like, uh, foreign and exotic places or whatnot for all the wrong reasons and right. not to get involved. Well, Danny is kind of getting involved in him for a lot of the right reasons. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's a lot more, uh, moments where, where Danny decides to, to be a part of it than the other ones do. Yeah, like, actually mm-hmm. embrace and be involved instead of, like, because uh, the people, when they get there, like, uh, uh, Mark, Josh, and uh, Christian are just viewing it almost like watching animals in a cage, almost. Because they're anthropologists, right? So, yeah. It's so like, they're there to kind of observe. That's that's why at least Josh wanted to go. Christian, um, it, as it's revealed later on, decides to make that also his thesis, and Josh is not fucking down with that. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty pissed off. Yeah, it was just... Uh... And, I mean, like, it just shows how, like, again, like, uh, even, like, a r- actual, like, genuine anthropologist will probably get involved and actually participate in the community so they can actually, so it's like, instead of just watching them, like, for a bunch of savages or whatnot. Right. You're an anthropologist, not a documentarian, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, the biggest um, theme that jumps out at me is uh, isolation, loneliness, yeah. yeah, and kind of more or less abusive relationships. Yeah. Um, Ari Aster has, has gone on note of saying that it's a breakup movie. Yeah. It's a movie about breakups. That makes sense. He was going through a, a pretty severe breakup at the time and uh, wrote a movie about it. And yeah. this is the movie we got. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, it's 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 about Danny losing her place and finding a new one. Right. Essentially. That that's how I would sum up the theme of the movie. Yeah. There's more going on to more more going on. Oh, for in sure. There as well. But uh, that I to me that's the main thing. Yeah. All right, so so the meal has occurred. Uh, now we're gonna I'm gonna skip over a couple things just to get to um, what some would say is the grossest part of the movie, um, and that is the um, sacrificial suicide scene. Um, yep. Which holy shit! I remember when I saw that in the theater. I you know exactly what's gonna happen. Oh yeah. He he. Ari Aster does not really have a lot of subtlety when it comes to that sort of thing. He no. he tells you no no that's just happening. Like, yeah. Too bad you have to watch it now. Yeah. Like basically, right. like in the dinner scene is when like I kind of figured figured out what was happening. When they walk out of the out of the hut, and like walk when, yeah, that. they're they're in different clothes, and like earlier, Pele had made a made a joke, yeah, about like what happens when you hit, when you hit seventy five. He's like, oh, yeah, and he like does the knife across the throat, nice oh, across, yeah. Why did you move your finger across your throat? <laughs> no, um, and like as soon as the old two old people in different robes come out, I'm like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna die, yeah, they're gonna like commit suicide somehow, yeah. And then uh, they get up to the top of the the cliff there, yeah. And uh, the woman jumps off first, 
and uh, she completely obliterates her fucking face. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Just so much so, Liam got so grossed out. No, Liam I did too. Liam does not deal with this shit well. No, um, I deal. Here's the thing I've said before. I can deal with like really hyper, like stylized violence or whatnot because it's so clearly over the top where it like starts to look really real or like. I start to get impressions like this could happen to somebody or whatnot. It's kind of portrayed like that. It does kind of start to upset me a little bit. And that didn't do it for you? Uh, I I don't believe that because we had to pause the movie. No, that's what I'm saying is that scene is one of those cases where it's like not super stylized. Like it's it's shot to look and designed to look really real. So that's why a lot of it I found really upsetting. Yeah, for sure. Because it's also like I could see shit like this happening. Mm -hmm. I lost several hours of sleep that night because of that scene kept replaying in my head. Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think the worst part of that scene is when the old man jumps off. Mm, no it's for me it was the woman really yeah her head exploding as it hits the rock and they keep coming back to it throughout the movie yeah because there's a there's a flashback scene where uh danny's having a dream and she she keeps seeing all the stuff happening and and she sees the face and they do a close-up of the face just obliterated and it's so gross (laughs) yeah no like i was lying in bed trying to go to bed i trying to go sleep after watching the movie and i was like falling asleep then i would see that that happen in my head i'm like oh god i'm so sorry (laughs) Uh, no you know what i'm not sorry ari i want an apology (laughs) (laughs) apologize to me ari aster i lost two hours of sleep (laughs) uh yeah and and then uh we we have the old man jump off and at first um everybody's really shocked uh, Mark does not go because um, uh, yeah. this in this scene because he's a piece of shit. Uh, but uh, we get the two British people are the only ones who like respond appropriately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Danny, Christian, and Josh are all just watching in awe. Danny is just frozen. Yeah, uh, especially after the old man jumps off, and then they have to bash his head in with a fucking hammer. Yeah. Uh, but jump feet, feet first. You don't. Why would you do that? No. Even the lady knew. She she yeah. she went face first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound it made when her head exploded could you imagine if somebody did that did an Ari Aster movie where every sound effect of grossness was just replaced with a fart <laughs> <laughs> gross why did you both do it because <laughs> uh, you were in the headphones uh, gross anyway so um, we had the old man jump off and then you have uh, Connie and uh, Simon start freaking out and uh, they're, they're like we need to get the fuck out of here this is not right you're fucking this is insane um, and one of the elder women takes them aside and says, no, this is tradition. This mm-hmm. is how we do things here. Um, and that's kind of the first time you really get in a glimpse of what really goes on in this village. You know, uh, you have this, this woman is saying when they turn 70, um, they release themselves from their mortal coil and they become incar- or uh, they become reincarnated in the, in the babies of, uh, the loved ones that we are going to have in the next year that's why we have this midsummer festival like if you get too old you you decide to do this because you don't want to be a, a burden on your family yeah, this is, and that that is this is one of the things that's actually based in uh old norse folklore because i don't i don't know if, if it's true but i've heard many uh folklore tales about uh especially in viking villages um people who went who like started to get up there started to become senior citizens or whatever would choose to fling themselves off of cliffs because they don't want to be a burden to the younger generation right right from what oh, i nice. understand most of a norse mythology stuff in this is more or less correct some of it is uh, some obvious. some of it a, a lot of it is nonsense yeah i mean <laughs> oh, no, most of this yeah. movie is nonsense There's, i mean like but at least like the core inspirations or whatnot like some a lot of that is a lot of that like at least from like a core idea a lot of that comes from there but there is a number of stuff like obviously being in when i say core ideas like being inspired by like famous old paintings and like uh oh yeah things yeah. of that sort but like the actual practices and traditions are kind of just a melting pot of like all of like of norse myths and uh just various like uh obviously yeah. america american appropriated uh yeah. yeah um but i mean it was also like a million years ago so who knows how accurate <laughs> i just I, I did not know that this was a word but uh senicide. Huh. That's, that's what it says on this Wikipedia page. I mean, totally not uh, Wikipedia, but uh, <laughs> it's a, it says the two commune elders died, uh, elders died by senicide, which is the abandonment to death, suicide, or killing the elderly. Huh. I did not know that was a thing. So there you go. This podcast is a lot more informational than you thought. You learned uh, a thing. So so they decide to, to die, um, which uh, obviously deeply disturbs everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know... I don't know how much of a decision it was. 
on their part. I'm, I'm sure it was sort of because it's part of their culture. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that kind of thing is mandatory at 75. I think so. I th- I think, but you're, they're kind of groomed, right? To, to, Oh yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're brainwashed into believing that's what they need to do. Yeah, for sure. Cause, um, I would, I would like to say with this film, there is no overt, um, like, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like ghost stuff. Uh, shit. Uh, Paranormal. Yeah, there we yeah. go. That's the one. How could I not think of paranormal? <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of paranormal or spiritual things that occur in this film. Everything that happens in this movie is real. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very down-to-earth horror. Like, things that, like, if you had seen them in real life, you probably would be scarred, right? To the point of maybe joining a fucking pagan cult. <laughs> you know? Um, anyway, so so everybody gets so deeply affected by that, Simon and Connie decide that they want to leave. So mm-hmm. so so they're packing up, ready to go, and Connie um, comes running into to the, the, the building that everybody sleeps in. Everybody sleeps in one building until they're, I believe it's 35 is what they say. Once you turn mm-hmm. 35, then you're allowed to go move into your own home and, and live. Yeah, you become there. like a worker or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're old enough to become, at 18, you become a worker, then 35, you're an adult. I believe is how they I think say. like because uh, like eighteen to thirty five was their pilgrimage years, right? So that's when you're out and you're going to school and, yeah. and your pilgrimage, finding other people to bring to the commune to have sex with other people so they don't have incest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a very that's a stressed thing that happens yeah. that they and also sacrifice those people and sacrifice them too. At least nine of them. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I was gonna bring up with this is the discussion is one discussion that Christian and I had about uh, uh, midsummer, which is do you think that. Uh, uh, what is it that the commune did anything wrong or their practices? Do you think that they... Can were... we save that question until later? I really... I do want to okay. have that conversation, but I want to save that until a little later, okay? All right. Continue okay. the plot synopsis. I will. So uh, Connie and and uh, and uh, Simon... Or Con- Simon is, uh, is, it, Connie is told that Simon has decided to leave, uh, which deeply disturbs her. She does not mm-hmm. believe that. Um, and eventually Connie decides to leave on her own, and uh, later on in the movie we hear um, a scream, of, a female scream off in the distance. Uh, it's at this point that Christian decides that he's going to do his thesis on, on Hagra as well. Or, yeah, um, Hargra. 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 Yeah. Um, decides, to, which uh, makes him and Josh hate each other, right? Mm-hmm. So this movie really deeply um, has, like like you said before, it's, it's, it's a character study. It's a, it's a lot more involved with the people i i having heard you say that it kind of loses you in this in this part of the movie um when these kind of interactions happen is that is that still um prevalent for you? those those are re- those are the parts that kind of made me most interested all the, all the cult stuff kind of uh kind of lost me a little bit but like the interpersonal drama between like the friends uh was is what i found most interesting which is Weird, because for me, it's usually the opposite. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, imagine if the friends from Friends were in this scenario. <laughs> you know? I, I would have the same thing I have with a lot of horror movies and with a lot of other movies where everybody's a terrible person and I want them to die. Right, but in Midsummer, um, you know who's a lovely person? That's Danny. Da- Danny is a gem. I love Florence Pugh. She's great. She um, she is she's incredible in this she, movie. She's very talented. She gave a powerhouse performance. Oh boy, did she ever! And and you know, it, a lot of people have said this before. I'm not the last person to say it. She's the best out of all of them. Uh, everyone, oh, yeah. everyone else is kind of just acting. Dan uh, Florence Pugh is acting her fucking ass off. Yeah, Jack, she is. She is given also given the most nuance in the writing. Yeah, fair enough. The There's movie. also like guys. The guy who plays Christian, uh, Jack Rayner, was one of the many muscle-headed douchebags to uh, uh, cement themselves into the Transformers movies. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's in, in the... Dark of the Moon. No, he's in the fourth one. Oh, and I stopped watching them after three, so I have no idea. Yeah, you're, you're better just, yeah, be... just scrubbing your balls with a steel wool. Uh, oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's a better choice. That's what I do every night. <laughs> Please don't. No. <laughs> you're going to get an infection, Lucas. I already have multiple. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, Christian decides to also do a thesis on Harga. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, in, in doing so, uh, it, it puts that rift between um, ja- uh, Josh and Christian. Um, now, it's at this point that uh, Josh goes and uh, discovers or asks about incest in the, in the cult. I'm going to call it cult. Fuck, it's a cult. Um, in, in the village. And uh, that's when one of the great elders says, uh, well, um, those of ours who are of incest have an un, un, um, 
Like unclouded, I think. Unclouded, an unclouded site. Mm-hmm. And that's why the person who is writing the the great text text that they have is a person with a very severe disability. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are writing the text and, and, and the elders interpret it. Now, my my thought on that is the reason why they do that is because they they think, you know, oh, if we get somebody who, who can't explain themselves, then we can write whatever the fuck we want, <laughs> you know? Like we could we could say now nah, when you when you uh, oh no he said now everybody needs to die at fifty three like, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh no oh, shucks right um, yeah aka I mean what, for me that was a, a turning point in terms of what what the what the village is about because those guys now suddenly are saying um, we don't need to believe everything that is said like we like there are thousands and thousands of volumes in there in their library there that things have changed so drastically over time that there there is no consistent way of looking at this uh this village this this culture that they've built for themselves right there is no there is no concrete way of dealing with problems so they can change things on the fly right pretty much at any time mm-hmm. and i i think that maybe does happen a couple times in the script too or not in the script in the story there may be a couple times where something that was something before is now no longer the norm, and now they're changing it because these people are there, and because it's the Midsummer Festival that only comes by every ninety years. It's kind of a turning point for them, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a, a change of seasons is what they've called it before. They say, they say, I believe in the script or in the in the movie, they say um, with the Midsummer Festival, it is a change of season. So they're moving into another uh, Midsummer season until the next ninety years, and then they move on to the next uh, Midsummer season. Um, anyway, I'm going to skip a little bit, and we're going to go into uh, the Maypole Dance competition. Mm-hmm. And that is when Danny is, is, is crowned May Queen, a very integral turning point in the, in the movie. This is when uh, Danny uh, is – a lot of the other members of the group have gone missing. Um, a lot of the other members of the group have, have – we've seen a few of them die. Uh, and but quite – visually interesting but disturbing fashion yeah like when when, uh, when josh dies when josh yeah. gets hit in the head with the same hammer that the man whose face was crushed in gets yep. hit with yep. yeah and, and then... mark i believe they skinned him and someone's wearing his skin is that right yep yeah yeah yep yep they kill him <laughs> yep um and they kill him because he pissed on their ancestral tree yep uh because he's oh, fuck mark honestly <laughs> i don't want to tell let's just, just do this like, I mean, like, just the fact that he was oblivious to it, and they were telling him that, like, no, this wasn't good, he was too ignorant to acknowledge that. Um, yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and they're screaming at him, telling him, you fucking piece of shit, you screamed, you pissed on my my family, you pissed on my heritage. And he's just like, well, I didn't know. Yeah, like, like instead of act- don't like apologize. You, yeah. Instead of actually trying to be, uh, uh what is it, uh, sympathetic, or, like, uh, trying to try and reasonably make amends, he just... Again, dismisses them as being like, well, what the fuck's the big deal? Yeah. So I didn't know it was a special treat. <laughs> like, just don't touch anything. It's, it's yeah. like the equivalent of when you refer is when uh, you, uh, of when you refer, uh, when you mess up somebody's pronoun or something and then you go off and like, you just be like, you well, how to, was I supposed to know? Try to defend yourself on something. Yeah, and just like gaslight the other person if for, uh, uh, that's not really gaslighting. Or I mean like, or it's an example of like when you just try to go like, well, it's your fault for not telling me before that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I do, move. my curiosity now um, is what if you were to um, lay out the characters in likability, like who, who, like how do, how, what's your list? Uh, it depends on the point in the movie. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Let's let's say right now, right before the mate, the mate, the, the, okay, the well, Danny, Danny, yeah. yeah, and then underneath that, hmm, probably Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's dead now, but yeah. yeah. I mean, like he did, he did do something that was kind of. Oh shitty, no! Yeah, but... that was super shitty. What he did, but like he's the least douchey. I yeah. guess he's just doing it for research purposes. Yeah, like, and probably Pele is very charming, but evil. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're gonna get to that later. I don't yeah. know. If, I don't know if he's evil necessarily. For me, it's like Danny, uh, Josh, Pele, uh, Mark, and then Christian. Like, really interesting i, I flip flop between because i mean mark mark uh, that was one thing when i was watching that movie in the theater i was like shut up i was like i wish you weren't a part of this fucking movie <laughs> like you're ruining every single scene you're in the guy's will poulter i believe his name is yeah, um, yeah. shown to be a good actor on like he's very good at playing the douche yeah, yeah. He's, and i mean i guess that's he what also, he's good at he so was also a really good child actor yeah, yeah he was, I, 
I like called Son of Rambo. Yep. He was in uh, the third Narnia movie. Yeah. Oh, shit, he was. Yeah. yeah, he was Eustace. Yeah. That is, yeah. Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, Liam, what about you? Um, probably, I think I'm pretty much in the same boat as you, but I would switch out uh, Christian and Mark. Yeah, put Mark at the bottom of the list there. Yeah, I don't blame you. Like, I just think a lot of his Mark shows absolutely no humanity whatsoever, and it kind of takes me out of it. Yeah, he's just there to fuck. Or, I mean, like, he's just too much. I think he's the one character who just feels like too much of a stereotype mm. or an archetype. Yeah, a little bit. Um, That's why I'm glad he gets taken out of the movie pretty early. Toward, I mean, considering how much is left in the film at this point. And how long the movie is. Yeah, because the movie is quite long. It's like two two hours and four. Two, uh, it's like 220. 220 with the, the, the director's cut is 240, I believe. Oh, wow. So it is quite long. But um, that was one thing I was worried about when I was giving it to you. Is like, I was just like, I don't know if he'll be able to sit through all of this. <laughs> not that, not that you can't sit through a long movie. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, just saying like... Long, uncomfortable movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Danny, Danny does the, 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 the Maypole dance in competition in which she wins and becomes the May, the May Queen. Uh, uh, the May Queen uh, is, is very esteemed by the cult. Um, it is the thing that they, they celebrate every single year. She is the one who will bring them um, uh, voluptuous crops or um, mm-hmm. successful crops and, and, and whatnot. So Danny is then brought to or carried to the table where um, they're, everybody's tripping their fucking balls off. <laughs> if you look really close in the background, all the trees are breathing. Everything's moving. Everything's yeah. all warped and it's like loopy. They, I was getting sick when I was seeing it in the theater. I was like really nauseous, but I was like, I can't let my eyes un- like unsee this. Yeah, but visually, to, the way I could describe it, it's kind of like if, say, you took the backdrop, like not the actors, but like the, the setting behind them. Put them in like uh, the washing machine, machine of a laundromat, and just kind of watched it move around like that. <laughs> hey Liam, you ever done acid? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a so, so so Danny uh, is slowly starting to transform a little bit more, and and noticing that she maybe does belong here. Yeah, she has that moment during the dance where she speaks Swedish. Yeah, which is such a great scene. Yeah, well, it's 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 uh, some it's a it's symbolic for her finding her place. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and I just love how when they're dancing and she and she says, uh, "I don't speak Swedish," and the other da- dancer says, "You're speak you're doing it right now." And, yeah. and she's just like, "I'm speaking Swedish." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're still going to town. Uh, yeah, and then we 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 move into uh, the the dinner scene there, and Christian is freaking out. Um, mm-hmm. And there has been a subplot that's been that's been occurring throughout the, the rest of the film here, where one uh, one of Pele's uh, rel- relatives wants to have sex with Christian, mm-hmm. and there she is not subtle with it. She's also nope. sixteen and put a pube in his food. <laughs> yeah, put a pube in his food, uh, food, and then also a little bit of period blood in his drink. Yep, yep, and and that is seen. On the ta- topiary that you walk past at the yep. beginning of the film, it explains that entire plot. Because I think Ari Aster was just like, I don't want to have to explain this. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I think everybody's gonna be like, what the fuck? So it could be like, uh, okay, yeah. better just look at that. That yeah. explains it. So anyway, so she, uh, the reason being is because uh, the reason why Pele has brought these people into this community is so one of his friends can have sex with this woman to bring new life to the community so that they don't have to keep fucking each other and have incest they're very they're very conscious of that sort of thing they're very aware of that and that's part of the pilgrimage years that we, mm-hmm. we talked about before uh so anyway uh christian while danny is being carried off to go um, bless the crops dan uh christian so i say danny's brought off to, to bless the crops christian is then uh Brought into a hut where he is forced to have sex with a 16-year-old woman. Yeah, after he's drugged. Yeah, after he's drugged. Very yeah. heavily. Yeah. yeah. Right? And uh, he... They they do. <laughs> yeah, they do um, the two. <laughs> in, a, in a very weird scene. Yeah. Where there's... Very weird I believe ritual. there's like eight women in that room, and they're all singing and screaming. And yeah, they're all like moaning along with her. Moaning along with her, and then one of them comes over and starts pushing his ass deeper. Yeah, it is really weird. Uh, one thing that we haven't meant, talked uh, 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 mentioned is when somebody is injured in the movie or somebody is experiencing very in- intense pain, which is a scene that's that happens very shortly after this. When Danny comes back and and catches Christian in the act and runs back to the cabin and starts screaming, 
the rest of the Mayflower uh, uh, princesses, I guess is what you could call them, or the other people that oh, the, the other people that participated in the Mayflower dance uh, or the Maypole dance. Uh, all go down and start screaming with her. Yeah, this 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 commune shares everything, including pain and pleasure and all emotion, essentially. Yeah, and and they're all screaming with her at the same yeah. time in unison. And it's the first time everyone anyone has ever actually grieved with her. Right. Exa- exactly. Yeah. And, and so, not as opposed to just somebody passively sitting next to her and rubbing her head. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, and then uh, Christian runs out of the the thing. Um, runs over to a, a chicken coop to go hide, and that's where he finds the body of Simon in yep. a uh, blood eagle position, um, yep. still breathing. Um, yeah, the blood eagle is a thing they don't know actually if it if actually happened, but it has been throughout a lot of Norse folklore. Mostly, yeah, mostly Norse, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, for those of you that don't know what a blood eagle is, it's when they pull, they cut your back open and pull the lungs out of you, so you look like an eagle and yeah, looks lungs like you're fine. And your lungs and your wings. And you're kind of still alive but he was still breathing yeah he's still he wasn't breathing. conscious but he was breathing yeah he's breathing and then christian turns around and a guy blows some shit in his face and paralyzes him yep uh then christian is uh wakes up and he's in, he's in a wheelchair and he's faced in front of danny who is in full mayflower gear um an entirely beautiful uh, flower dress with the yeah, flower crown this is a mound of yeah, flowers blooming flowers <laughs> yeah which kind of shows a little, like, very visually, the metamorphosis of her character, or, oh, like, yeah. the uh, growth and, how uh, was it, and uh, evolution. Yeah. And she now must choose, Danny must choose um, the final sacrifices for the Midsummer Festival. So, I believe at this point, they have had uh, the two elders, uh, two volunteers, who are Ingmar and, and Ulf. Uh, Ingmar is, uh, I believe, is Pele's brother. Yep. Uh, Ingmar and Ulf, uh, Danny is the May Queen, has to choose the ninth and final victim. Who, uh, so the other, the next four are, are, are the other ones that were that were killed were yeah, Josh, like Mark, Josh, Josh. Uh, Simon, and and, was, what was and Connie. Connie. Um, so they're the ones that that yeah. So every, so Danny has to choose. It's either this volunteer from the village or Christian. We, I think, we kind of know where this is going. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> she chooses Christian. <laughs> yeah. Christian is then sewn into the bear suit, yeah. so the bear comes back, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> out of all the, out of all the deaths in the movie, I was most mad about the bear. I was like, why did you have to kill the bear? Because <laughs> it's part of tradition. The I bears mean, are adorable. Yeah, and it did kind of throw me off how it was very clearly an homage to the Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah, you could tell he's a fan. That's okay. I mean, there's a lot of influence in this movie kind of taken from a Wicker Man. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. it's. A, I mean, that movie is just as much about pagan rit- rituals as this is. And right? it's also just a classic, very influential film from the 70s. Yeah. So Christian is then uh, still paralyzed, placed inside of the bear suit, brought into a building which we have seen a few times throughout the film of a, a, a very big yellow and blue building um the face of it is, is yellow and the, and the sides are blue uh and it, it kind of represents the new sun the sun of the new midsummer mm-hmm. and christian is placed inside along with the other sacrifices some of them dead most of them dead um with with uh ingmar and ulf to sit there and watch it is then lit in on flame on, on fire. It's, it's, yeah, and they give Ulf and uh, Ingmar something for the pain, but it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything because yeah. <laughs> Ulf starts to scream like crazy. Yeah, uh, the the building is then burnt to the ground um, while the everybody out, uh, all the survivors or, or the the rest of the village screams in unison, screams for pain, is falling on the ground, hollering out as loud as they can. Danny starts to join them at first. And then slowly watches as the thing burns down as a smile graces her face. And then the movie's over. Yep. yep. A very powerful ending for a very, uh, what is it, unique film. Yeah. <laughs> unique I, is one way to put it, yeah. Yeah, unique is one way to put it. Now, Liam, you had brought up the question earlier, do do we think they did anything wrong? I mean, I want to hear Lucas's opinion. I know yours, yeah. so I want to go to Lucas first. Oh, yeah. They did everything wrong. There's a, They're I mean, terrible. <laughs> I mean, I will say, like, on some circumstances, I could argue that the people who are actually consenting to it, it is their choice, and it they is are they they are uh, not they're they're brainwashed into consenting. Yeah, I mean, like, so yeah, there's also the argument of that, but I could also argue that with most religions and well, yeah. hell, being raised around that, what I, I mean, what I more so have a problem, what I very much have a problem with, is the fact that like, uh, 
uh, luring outsiders in and killing them. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's where I would support the UN getting involved <laughs> and, like, and just taking a closer look at things. No, yeah, everything, pretty much everything they did in the cult did was uh, immoral. I disagree. <laughs> um, I do think a lot of their actions and uh, of bringing other people in, unconsenting adults uh, to in, into the situation and forcing them to become a part of this without ever explaining anything to them is, is totally wrong. I don't think um, it's entirely wrong for – because I – Personally speaking, I don't I don't necessarily see it as brainwashing. I just see it as like it's their culture. That's just what they've grown up with. That's what they know. Um, you can use that excuse to excuse a lot of behavior. Yeah, fair. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, no. But more I've thought about it's it. It's a first. movie about a man sewn in a bear. <laughs> but still, there are a lot of like real world ideals and real world implications. So where do you there. stand on it? Um, you, I you mean, like I'm not as hard as hardcore on it as Lucas is, <laughs> but I am leaning more towards like. No, there's a lot of stuff they did that I would not approve of. And it's not just me, like, saying, like, a bunch of people who don't share a, a mindset or ideal that's my own or a bunch of savages yeah. or monsters. It's more so the fact that I'm like, no, you, I was, again, like, people in your own tribe or whatnot, if you're, if, like, you're a part of that, like, that's really much for own business. It's a problem yeah. that'll sort itself out. Yeah, I do, um, I do think that. But bringing, sorry, I was going to say, but bringing unconsenting people and not telling them what's going on and killing them, and also people who are trying to leave because they're realizing they're not comfortable is where the problems really start to come from. I feel like you literally just said everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, they, they, they don't respect life. They don't, they, they don't respect people's lives. They may have a certain respect for life in general, but they don't respect people's individual lives. They don't respect people's individual rights. They don't uh, respect individuals' consent. In my opinion, yeah, they do. They, everything they do is wrong. Is that I, why it made you feel uncomfortable? Partially, yeah. I yeah. Mean, it is kind of like the argument some uh, people, well, uh, some misinformed people have made against the idea of communes in general, or um, which, like, yes, there are communes in existence that have those problems, like the Thunder Lizard Collective. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> um, but like, no, uh, I lean a. Why little... do you think we moved to Sweden? <laughs> I, I lean a little bit more on Lucas's side, but not as hardcore. Because, again, like, within their own, like, uh, area or whatnot, like, I think it's a problem that would sort itself out or whatnot. What I take issue with is them bringing outsiders in. That, and, that's uh, the biggest thing, yeah. But also, I, I think that the people who are born there are probably not really given much choice in the life they live. I mean, right. a lot of it is I also haven't seen what happens if people just try to leave and not come back. Like, mm. I kind of don't want to know i mean if i saw what they did i would probably have a lot more of a problem with it midsummer yeah. 2 2021 no. um <laughs> do you do you feel like danny did find a, a place to be that was oh yeah yeah but is it the right place it's not a healthy place <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, although it's a little bit more healthy than where she was at before because she lost uh, everything i she don't nothing I, I think all. i think she left uh one abusive relationship for another hmm okay i don't I don't agree. <laughs> uh, I feel like she definitely, she found something very, very, she found people that were not necessarily like-minded, but that. Different kind of abuse, I think. I think she found what she needed at that time, but I have a feeling eventually she'll grow older and like realize that I don't need this anymore and then eventually try to leave and I don't know what will happen there. Yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on, on abuse and things that I don't necessarily want to talk about on this podcast, but I I feel like her her make she made okay i need to be careful with how i say this i feel like that was a decision that she had made she obviously was not in the right mind in a conscious mind but when all things are said and done and she wakes up the next morning and knows what where she is and knows what has happened when the sobering thoughts come to her mind i feel like she will choose to live there because she knows that there is nothing else for her in the world well, yeah, that, that's 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 entirely implied by her smiling at the end of the movie, right? Um, but yeah, I think that um, I totally lost my train of thought. Chaka chaka, chaka choo choo. Uh, so I mean, wow, I didn't think we were gonna have such differing thoughts. I kind of have a stomachache <laughs> now. I'm like Chidiana Gonye. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I feel I I mean, overall though, did you enjoy it? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Do you think if you were ever going to watch it again, you would find things to enjoy about it? Uh, no. No. Do you, would, would you be interested in watching Hereditary? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. So there you go, Ari. You get. You get. You get somebody. This is. What is it? All on. Uh, just one word answers. <laughs> would you would you say however it it is one of the better films that came out last year oh yeah or okay no yeah it's year. it's it's not for me yeah it is something it's 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 a movie i had a very unpleasant experience watching all right that's been an um, episode um, <laughs> i just wanted lucas to say that he liked that side <laughs> but no no it's it's a brilliantly made movie it's yeah. extremely competently written and directed and it's it's uh it's an extraordinary film uh, not for me. Yeah, it's like the whole fair. discussion we had about crap. Uh, what is it? Objectivity and craft and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like you could argue mm-hmm. like that, like objectively speaking, there's a lot of craft and care and like. Oh yeah, for totally. sure. It's 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 an extremely thoughtful movie that conveys its themes extremely poignantly. Um, but again, uh, it's 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 just it's not a movie for me. It's kind of like how uh, Christian really really uh, was it. I don't like Lost in Translation very much. But mm-hmm. I, what is it? But like, I can acknowledge that it's a very well made, well put together film with a lot to say. It yeah. just, I get no enjoyment out of watching it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Midsummer. Uh, I, I, I've mentioned it before. It's one of my favorite movies of 2019. I don't think that's going to change. It's also become one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, mostly just because I, I see, I, I, I love the cinematography and I love the music and the writing is exceptional. And Florence Pugh's performance is outstanding. I think maybe I'll watch it again and and see it from Lucas's perspective because I I I was so enamored by everything else that was happening that maybe I didn't see uh the 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 morals and the values that, that yeah, I also I also do have a pretty strict moral code like within myself yeah and, and it, like heavily everything that the occult did clashed with it I'm um, there, and I'm a very moral person as well so like <laughs> I, so don't check your email because there may or may mm. not be an invitation to a cult oh okay um, just just it's ignore in it. Finland not Sweden right yeah okay I'll go to that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, the, the, they're actually worse. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, they 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 put you in a wheelchair. They wait till you're 95, put you in a wheelchair, and roll you off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> you have no choice. Yeah, and also, and also one more point I had uh, that I kind of forgot to mention earlier. It feels a little too. Ooh, other cultures are scary. Oh yeah, which right. it, that that's a minor point because I don't think that's what they're trying to say. It just kind of feels that way. Some I, I at some disagree with you on that one because I mm. think it's almost commentating on how Americans and Westerners tend to see that stuff. That's it fair. It does kind of lean into it a little bit, but mm. it also I think it also more so tends to come up if it like clicks with your morality or whatnot as to like uh like with what you're seeing or whatnot mm-hmm. and like uh, them observing where it's like because uh, we're not like savage people or whatnot again like it's the whole observing another culture as like and not viewing them as people but more like savages to be studied right um and i feel like the movie does do a really smart job about going about a bad angle but some could definitely interpret it the other way. Yeah, I kind of agree with Lucas a little bit on that one. Is that I totally see where you're coming from, and like I I I I agree with you to a large extent. But also, uh, the movie it feels like it's presenting. Uh, I, I get like it feels like it's presenting the cult as something to be feared because they're different, and I. But also, it says what you're saying, so it's like yeah. I just I'm a little conflicted on that. That's that's why I said it's a minor point. Yeah, because it's I just think Ari Aster made the smart choice of framing it that way Mm -hmm. instead of like doing what every other like Hollywood production does when dealing with other cultures. Yeah, that's fair. Um, We haven't done a a a deep dive on a movie in a long time, so my my curiosity then for for the both of you, uh, which favorite scene? Do you have a favorite scene from the movie? Um, because uh, one, ones that stand out for me are because I have seen the director's cut as well. There's there's a scene, uh, where it's post the 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 people jumping off the cliff or uh, cliff and and uh they're doing another sacrifice, a se- separate sacrifice where they're th- going to throw a child into the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't actually occur that way. Um, mm-hmm. they actually it was more of a theatrical thing. Um, but Danny's like, what the fuck? And she's like, I want to leave, and she so she gets ready to go. And then Christian stops her, and it's when it, in the director's cut, it really is like, holy shit, this guy's a piece of garbage, because mm-hmm. he basically says like, um, you wanted to come. He's like, I didn't. Oh really? I didn't want to be here. You wanted oh, wow. to be here. because yeah, I'm I'm on the fence. Christian's obviously not a good guy, but also I think he's been like we're they, talking they about very... the character. I would yeah. like to <laughs> <laughs> Christian. You're no, uh, Ouch. but you he's also he's also in. 
a bad relationship. They're both in a very bad relationship that neither of them really want to be in. Yeah, they're just there for like convenience. Yeah, and and Christian would feel guilty if he left after her family died, and she she needs something to hang on to. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite scene, Liam? I mean that that's one of sorry that's that it's a little unfair for me to say that because you guys mm-hmm. haven't seen that but I do really love the Maypole scene I, I think the music there is spectacular the 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 way that it's shot because you can uh, I, I believe what they did is they just put the camera like on the pole and just like danced around with them mm-hmm. which is um, very cool I was gonna say probably either the last uh, five minutes or so when everything comes to its uh, resolution um or um. Mainly just because, like, the imagery really stuck in my head, and I uh, was it was the jump scene. Oh but, yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. For me, it's it's like that as you put it, the prologue. Yeah, because after yeah. that, I stopped liking the movie. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, yeah. So uh, that's that's a deep dive on Midsummer. Aka yeah. Christian gushed about the movie for an hour and a half. <laughs> when are we gonna get a turn to gush about hour movies we minutes. really like? An hour and five. Oh wow! Okay, that's not so right now. Yeah. When when are you getting an opportunity? Yeah. When you present a fucking idea, <laughs> I present plenty. Say you want to do it, and we'll maybe do it. I don't know. Give me one, right now. Give um, me a movie. Exactly. I mean, I would love to say Knives Out, but it's not out yet, no, so yeah, I want to be able it. to go see it again. Yeah, no, we got to do one that, that's been out. Dragonheart. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All Let's right. just try to do a video of us trying to defend Dragonheart. Yeah. <laughs> Even me, who loves it, yeah. thinks it's a bad movie. Okay, we'll do an entire podcast about how Dragonheart's okay. Yeah. We'll do the reverse convince me cast. Convince you cast. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway. All right. Lucas, you want to you wanna send us off here? Yeah, sure. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Thundercast, everybody. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as Thunder Lizard Collective, except for on Twitter, where we are Thunder Lizard OG. If you liked this show, please rate us five stars on iTunes, share us on your social media, follow us on Spotify, and, of course, force our voices on your friends and family. That's right. And if you like what you've heard here, we have a, another handful of podcasts. We have... Uh, Thunder and Dragons, which hopefully has has started around this time, or, yeah. or will be will have come out in a couple weeks uh, following this podcast. We also have Expose Yourself, starring me and Malik Alassal. El- uh, El- um, he'll probably uh, make fun of me for saying his name wrong. Um, we also have John's podcast show, which will hopefully be starting really soon. Um, I've decided that I'm no longer a filmmaker; I'm a podcaster, <laughs> uh, and that's okay. Uh, I'm also on another podcast as well called Listen to Music Radio Podcast, which hopefully will be starting really soon. Uh, anyway, this has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam. See ya. We, we are in Sweden. We are in Sweden. <laughs> we don't Somewhere. know what the capital is, but we are in Sweden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I apologize to all Swedish people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> I, I think only, there, we, we had a few Swedish fans. <laughs>